Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, this is Justin Williams with the Wolfpacker podcast. I'm joined today, as always, by editor of thewolfpacker.com. Fellow co-host Matt Carter, and we're going to break down NC State's victory over uh, Wake Forest. Another ranked matchup between the Wolfpack and the Demon Deacons. NC State coming out on top, thirty to twenty-one. We talked about it on the preview podcast. Now we're going to break down what actually happened, and uh, you know, I think I think it's safe to say that Matt and I were both pleasantly surprised, based on uh, especially to those that that listened to our Wake Forest game preview, but uh, we'll get into all that good stuff. We'll break down what we saw on offense, on defense, on special teams, what to look for the rest of the year, and uh, just some general thoughts. But before we get into all that good stuff, uh, some quick reminders for the listeners and viewers at home. Please uh, watch us on our YouTube channel. You can always watch us on our YouTube channel. And when you go to our YouTube channel, please subscribe. Uh, We're at uh, we're 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 over the halfway point between one and two thousand followers or subscribers rather on YouTube. So uh, if you have not already punched that subscribe button, please do so. It'd be great if we could get to two thousand by the end of the football season. Um, and uh, if you have not subscribed already, you that would that would help us out tremendously. So head over to the Wolfpacker YouTube channel, subscribe, uh, give this video a thumbs up, and drop a comment. While you're at it, you can also listen to us wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Google Play. Uh, please follow us on social media. You can follow our main account at The Wolfpacker on Twitter. You can follow me personally at Justin H. Will on Twitter. And uh, head over to thewolfpacker.com. Take advantage of a special deal for just 10 bucks. You get premium subscription to the beginning of next college football season. So that's going to take you through the end of August, 2023, just $10 better part of a year holidays are coming up. So you, I believe you can always gift that subscription as well. Uh, time to start thinking about that. So, you know, maybe there's a, there's an NC state fan in your life that you want to get a gift, but you don't want to spend too much money on $10 is not a lot of money. That's a stocking stuffer. That, that's like minimum stocking stuffer money right there. So, you might as well get them a subscription to the Wolfpacker.com. What 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 a great gift to give to your fellow Wolfpackers. So uh, head over to Wolfpacker.com, take advantage of that deal. And last but not least, we just were talking about stocking stuffers. Here's some other ideas. Head over to RogueShop.com. That's RogueShop.com, R-O-G-U-E, shop.com. Proud sponsor of the Wolfpacker podcast. If you support us, please go support them. They have great premium CBD and Delta eight cannabis products, whether it's uh, cartridges, oils, uh, flour itself, lotions, edibles, all kinds of great products to help you with your health and wellness. Uh, These products are really great for if you have problems sleeping at night, if you have chronic pain, inflammation, um, you know, if you suffer from stress and anxiety, I think uh, I think most of us out there, you know, struggle with at least one of those things. 
So uh, these products are really great to help with really any of those symptoms in a you know, natural way. Founded by a, a husband and wife. The husband is a disabled veteran that was turned on to these products dealing with some of those symptoms himself. And, uh, you know, such a positive experience for him has changed his life for the better so much that he wanted to share it with the rest of you, including Wolfpack Nation. So that's why they sponsor the Wolfpacker podcast. Head over to rogueshop.com and support them. They're great folks with great quality products. You can use their chat feature on rogueshop.com if you're curious about, you know, what products might best suit your needs. So head over there now, rogueshop.com. That's R-O-G-U-E shop.com. And uh, tell them the Wolfpacker sent you. All right. Matt. Real quick note, those guys are also on our message board. So just subscribe or they will respond to you if you have any kind of questions on our message board as well. That's right. Yeah, head over to the message board and, um, you know, and, and another great reason to take advantage of that deal. So yeah. that you can, you can, that's another feature. You can talk to Rogue Shop <laughs> on the message board. Um, but you know who I'd like to talk to? MJ Morris, because he's a rising star. And if you, uh, the, I'm sure the last one-on-one you had with MJ Morris, Matt, was uh, was when he committed to NC State. In fact, I think I remember, I think I, I, think I had that uh, interview, if I'm not mistaken, or right after he committed. Mm-hmm. Um, but a great kid, um, and clearly looks like he is uh, – proving to be a great leader for this team, even at a young age as a true freshman. But I think that's where we have to start. There's a lot of good to go around, Matt. Uh, just a quick recap. NC State wins this game 30-21. to 21. Really, with ever, with with there was never a doubt in my mind once NC State took control of this game. Uh, you know, I got a few texts from some NC State friends after – Wake Forest scored that last football, or, you know, last last touchdown. Like, uh oh, here here we go again. <laughs> you know, uh, and I'm like, guys, set, settle down. That was that was the first touchdown Wake Forest had scored in the second half. NC State's defense was flying around all night. Had Sam Hartman and Fitz, multiple picks from Mister Hartman, three on the night. And I thought, you know what, you know what NC State does best. They really know how to drain some clock when they <laughs> when they have the ball. So I feel very, very confident in NC State when it has a lead. And uh, NC State did exactly that. Took care of the football. Iced the game with a Chris Dunn uh, 25-yard field goal. Easy chip shot for, uh, for Mr. Dunn, arguably. Well, starting to become inarguable at this point. Might be the best kicker in NC State college football program history but uh i'm throwing a lot at you matt i think we should start with mj morris what i'm trying to get at is nc state played probably its most well-rounded all-around game all season and they did they did that exactly when it was needed so you want to talk about you you want what do you want to talk about first matt you want to talk about just the all-around effort from the wolfpack or do you want to start with the rising star where i think inspired that performance which is mj morris I'll start with the all-around. I think that's kind of the, you know, I wrote about it. I know Joe Giglio also wrote about it at WRL.com. Yeah, this was kind of a performance you and I would be talking about in preseason that this is kind of the, what we think NC State could be, the upside, right? It's a different cast of characters. You know, you didn't think MJ Morris would be the quarterback. You thought it would be Devin Leary. You 
probably didn't think Michael Allen would be getting big carries in, in the game as a true freshman, or that Terrell Timmons would be getting chances to cut deep balls. Um, so it's a little bit different cast of characters, but the performance against Wake Forest, I felt like, was kind of the performance you thought this team was capable of doing back in the preseason, and frankly, hasn't happened this year. Um, I, 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 I know Justin probably familiar with Bill Connolly, the analytical guru of college football. He puts out a spreadsheet in which he kind of, you know, he puts out all the numbers and lays it out, and then it's kind of like in baseball, right? When the ball gets hit, uh, you know, you just say, would this been a home run? This would have been a base hit 90% of the time based on the exit velocity and the angle and all that good stuff in the ballpark. And so Bill Connolly does something kind of similar. He puts all the numbers and says, this is a win, you know, X percent of the time. And actually, NC State leads the country right now in wins and games and what probably shouldn't have been wins statistically. Um, East Carolina was one. Uh, I believe Florida State. Florida State was the biggest one. And I think the other one may have been Virginia Tech. Well, considering considering yeah. it was down twenty one to three, I'd yeah. probably safe assumption. Yeah. So um and then I even Texas Tech statistically, even though they won that game comfortably, statistically wasn't a dominant performance and so this was probably the first time that NC State looked like, hey, that's the preseason top fifteen team we all thought could be there. And they did it in every phase. Obviously, MJ Morris, we'll talk a lot about him. But the defense, to hold that Wake Forest offense to 21 points and to do it in not as fluky as, I don't want to downgrade what Louisville did, but Louisville got eight turnovers, right? And some of those were just ball bounced off a receiver's hand or receiver didn't run around right route type of deal. You know, NC State was more straight up, just absolutely dominated the run game, and, and if it wasn't for that 99-yard touchdown drive you alluded to, Wake Forest would have had a season low in total yards in the game. You talk about special teams. Christopher Dunn made a 51-yard field goal. You know, backup punter comes in because starting punter's got a thigh bruise, and Caden Nunkester, pride of uh, Marvin Ridge High School in Waxhaw, North Carolina. I had to look it up last night. Uh <laughs> It's a 55-yard punt, and then later gets one pinned at the one-yard line, which I'm not sure how it got pinned at the one-yard line, to be honest with you. But um, and then it was, I, uh, it was pretty. It was it was a pretty egregious uh, yeah. missed call. Yeah, from from those watching it on at home. I didn't, and I don't. I'm guessing the ACC network crew Hasselbeck pretty good about calling out missed. Oh, he he immediately. Yeah, he immediately was like I. I mean, there there were there were multiple pass interferences that not not the best night for the referees, but one that if you're an NC State fan, I would not be complaining about the officiating. Um, and I, I I will say for Wake uh, benefit, none of them cost them anything because I, I, I saw that too. But you know, I know there was one pass interference where they pick up the flag, and I have no idea why they picked up the flag. But Wake ended up going a touchdown on that drive anyway. And on the 99-yard drive, they end up scoring a touchdown anyway. So, um, And then, obviously, the offense. It wasn't a stellar night for the offense. Got off to another slow start. 
But you can see where now you have confidence that with MJ Morris at quarterback, you can get the necessary amount of points with your defense to win games. And if the defense can hold Wake Forest to 21 points, yeah. They helped Florida State, by the way, which is a very good, sneaky, good offense to 17. Yeah. Um, It's there. I mean, now you feel like, okay, we can win every game because we got a quarterback that can get us enough points. He's got the dimension with his legs. He throws the ball really well. The receivers last night, best game by a mile for the NC State receiving core this season, making tough catches. Um, So it was just an all-around really nice, not perfect, but really nice performance. Yeah, I, and it was, I mean, the exact type of performance that this game required. Um, you know, this Wake Forest team, to me, didn't look like it was a, did not look like a top 10 squad in the country, was a little bit beat up, was missing its best player on defense. Sam Hartman, of course, did not live up to, uh, you know, some of the hype. He did finish with 397 yards, by the way. Those three picks, I feel like in the second half, he just felt, that he had to start getting aggressive against this NC State defense because there's just nothing doing in the run game for the Deeks all night. NC State's, you know, essentially the game plan on offense for any opponent of NC State, you're going to have to find a way to, to produce without running the football because unless you've got an elite, elite offensive line, an elite running back, you're probably not going to have much success in the run game against this Wolfpack front, assuming it's healthy. Uh, Wake Forest finishes the night with just 17 rushing yards net. Of course, that includes Sam Hartman's uh, loss of 14 yards on sacks. But, I mean, we're still talking about, you know, take sacks out of the equation. We're still talking about less than two yards a carry. Um, Very dominant performance in that regard. And, yeah, I mean, Hartman, that last interception he threw was kind of a head scratcher. But you really got to credit NC State's defensive scheme. I mean, it was an all all around effort on, on defense. I think we talked about it a little bit in the preview, Matt, that, you know, this is going to be a huge game for those defensive backs uh, to prove that, you know, this is one of the better units, if not the top unit um, in the ACC in the backfield and uh, certainly made Sam Hartman pay in that second half. Uh, I think we should focus, you know, a little bit more on, MJ Morris here for a second and and Michael Allen. I'm glad you brought him up too, because first of all, man, does he look big? <laughs> I mean, he's just a big dude. Uh, he does not look like a true freshman. Neither does MJ Morris, but both of them getting it done effectively. Michael Allen, five, uh, five carries for 36 yards. I mean, every time he touched the football, Matt, you've said this in the past. Sometimes you can just tell when a running back has that, just like extra gear or uh, they just, they just look like you can just almost tell when they look like they're going to be a future pro. Uh, and I know it's very early, very early, mm-hmm. but he, he, he looked like uh, he looked like a guy that maybe could be playing on Sundays in a few years, just with his physical assets. I mean, once he starts getting some more reps and starts understanding the offense a little bit more, he could be a really scary player because he's got the physicality and he's got the speed and he's got just the athleticism to make some of these guys miss. Um, but getting distracted here, MJ Morris does give you hope. 
uh, for this offense. This is the best offensive performance I've seen from NC State all season uh, for four quarters. And, and that includes a lackluster first quarter that, you know, MJ Morris probably wishes he had some of those early opportunities back, uh, had missed a couple deep balls, had opportunities, just overthrew him a little bit. Maybe that's the nerves. Maybe that's just, uh, you know, that was his first career start at Carter Finley stadium, his first time knowing that this is his team. Um, so that that's gotta be a little bit nerve wracking for an 18 year old young man. Um, but he collected himself and, you know, did, did the job. Great, great finish to the game. Ends up finishing with, you know, 18 completions for 210 yards and three touchdowns. Most importantly, hasn't thrown a pick in these past two games when he's been the guy. So, um, yeah, I mean, Matt, I was, I was kind of, I was trying to allude to it in the intro, but I think more importantly than just MJ Morris's pure play on the field, which is great. It's, it's really been the most product, most production that NC state's gotten out of the quarterback position all season. And it's paid dividends so that this offense has been the most explosive it's been all season or at least productive. Um, but what I think this does is it, 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 he inspires the whole team to play better. I mean, you could see the guys on the sideline were just gravitating towards this guy. Uh, you know, he takes that, there's a play, it was either in the third or fourth quarter, I'm forgetting specifically when it was, but it was later in the game when NC State had control of the game. And uh, MJ Morris's helmet slips off on a on a run play, and Wake Forest, one of Wake Forest defenders kind of, you know, does a little extra dirty work in, in the <laughs> trenches and kind of drags his knee over his head and, you know, kind of a dirty play. It was a no call on that specific play. But you immediately saw NC State's players, you know, stick up for for Morris and you know get in the guy's grill and and you know protect their player. And I mean, you know, it's all smiles and and they're listening to him on the sideline. I mean, he's got to be one of the younger guys on that sideline. So it's just a lot of really really promising things are happening, and it's really to me, it's put a second win. Me personally, I think it's got to put a second win in Wolfpack Nation to just finish out this season strong and and there's still hope that I mean this could still be a really really unique special season with 10 tables still or 10 wins still very much on the table with this guy yeah I like what I, I, I get it I, I got a very um I don't know what that, the way it is but it, it, people gravitate towards it. I think he can't help you know I had a buddy of mine that uh uh, a UNC fan said you can't help but like him. He watched him on the ACC huddle after after the uh, game where he was on set with the the guys, and you know you can't help but like the kid. And he's a little bit older for a freshman. He's 19 years old, so maybe he's got a little bit more maturity than your average college freshman. Got a lot more maturity than I did as a college freshman for sure. But um, no question. Yeah. A lot more maturity than I probably did as a college senior, for that matter. But that's a different story. Um, yeah, I think, you know, the little things he does. That you kind of what makes quarterback a hard position to evaluate is you you don't know what they're going to do. It's one thing in high school, but when you have grown men twice your size who can run nearly as fast as you do, if not faster. 
bearing down, wanting to do nothing but take your head off. How do you respond to that? And I think the touchdown pass he threw to Dale Jones is a good example of, you know, Dale Jones was on the right side of the field running all the way across the end zone. And he just needed a little more time. You could tell he was going to get open if he got, I happened to see the whole play unfold. You could tell he was going to be open if he got a little more time. What did MJ do? Just very kind of subtle fashion. Left the pocket, rolled to his left, with, ran with Dale Jones almost, and, and, and got that time he needed, and then threw a nice pass that only Dale Jones could get. Um, you know, that's something that is the it factor. That's an it factor decision and move right there. Not a lot of quarterbacks have that kind of thinking, that, you know, under pressure with, with bodies falling around him and guys coming after him to make a, just a very subtle move like that. So, yeah, it, it, it's impressive. As you and I talked last week. What's it going to do when the book is out on him? Because Wake had a book on him. And it's not a thick book yet. And, you know, they, they, they still test to come. He hasn't been on the road yet either. So we'll see what he does when he goes to Louisville in a couple of weeks. That is an extremely aggressive defense. They're one of the nation's leaders in sacks and interceptions and all that. He's going to have to go to their place. But And they still have plenty to play for. Yeah, they're on a roll right now. Um, that's a good James Madison team they beat yesterday after beating uh, Wake Forest the week before. So, look, there's still a lot of tests to come, but based on what he did against Virginia Tech and Wake Forest, you, you're saying, okay, if you're looking ahead next year, and let's say Devin Leary moved on, tried the NFL, you feel okay. You feel like oh, we don't necessarily have a quarterback competition or a controversy or anything of that nature. It's, it's MJ Morris's team. And you feel good about that. And then, like I said, you feel good that now you have a quarterback that can, against Boston College, North Carolina, maybe Louisville, score enough points to win the game. And that's all you've been looking for this year. Can we score enough points to win games uh, against good teams? And, and now you feel that way. You knew that you're going to get the tougher offenses were coming up. And could you score enough? And they did. And... Um, yeah, he got, and like the, the the runs he had on that last drive, you talked about you were confident when NC State got a lead and they can shorten up a game, how confident Justin Williams is and kind of calmed down his fellow NC State fan texting him. Extremely. But, yeah. Well, look, MJ Morris even adds another dimension to that, right? Because he gives you another ball carrier. In the back. And what did he do on that last drive? He had his two best runs of the game. The last one was the run where you were talking about where the kid from work for kind of did the uh, cheap, dirty, bottom-of-the-pile move. The only problem was he wasn't on the bottom of a pile. It was just him and MJ Morris and 50,000 fans all seeing what he's doing at the time. Yeah. 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 How that was not an unsportsmanlike penalty, I have Yeah, but no you know what? Idea. He got flagged like two plays later. He did. Or something he like. did. It was, it, yeah. was, it was an interesting... We play what he did, I'm wondering if, you know, ACC headquarters are still in Greenboro, I believe. I don't know if they moved to Charlotte yet, but I'm wondering if somebody in Greenboro radioed in to the officials. Uh, yeah, you guys totally missed that. I don't know. I'm, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but it does make you wonder. And I think it's important to mention, Matt, you know, you, you brought up Bill Connolly's win probability metrics. You know, what 
you know, the, the nerds like to mm. lay out the stats of, well, here's who actually should have won the game. Not like throw out the final score. Well, the final score is really the only metric that matters, but yeah. who really should have won this game? And of course, as you mentioned earlier in the, in the, in the podcast, NC State leading the country currently in, in wins that they probably shouldn't have had. But you know you gotta you know you gotta credit for some of that. It comes back to the coaches, comes back to the decision making, and you gotta tip your cap to the staff all around uh, to 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 be in the position that NC State is now. Considering you know when you lose your starting quarterback, you you lose the big game of the year down at Clemson and in a fashion that you never really felt like you really had a chance down there. Uh, and then you lose a disappointing game to Syracuse. You, you pick up those two early losses. The bye week came at exactly the right time. But but even after the bye week, you still didn't know who your guy was. And and for everything to come together and for NC State to be 7-2 and two now, three games remaining, and to have – you know, it's a, a, a blessing and a freshman and a true freshman quarterback that is undoubtedly your guy for the rest of this season and probably going into next. Um, you just, you just got to tip your cap to the staff because, I mean, if NC State could very, very easily not be seven and two right now. It could very, very easily be closer to 500. And I think, I, you know, you talk about wins above replacement. You know, that, that's a popular uh, baseball terminology. I mean, if you just have some middle of the road coach with this team, I, I think it's you know I think it's a 500 squat. Um, I, I mean, for those you know, if if you're if you're questioning the effectiveness of Dave Doran, this is what this is le- this is what longevity in a program does. This is what having a guy and sticking with him does. In, in the sense that you can build a program and you can build it to a point where when the BS of the season starts to hit, you know, you can still barrel down, put your head down and still find a way to have a really good season. And I don't know, as an NC state guy, I couldn't, I couldn't be prouder of, of the program and I couldn't be prouder of the head coach representing it. Um, and, and the great staff that he's put together. I, I, I don't. I don't mean to try to sound like a fanboy here. I, you know, and in fact, I feel like I'm the antithesis of an NC State fanboy if I'm crediting the coaching staff. But <laughs> I don't know what you think about all that, Matt. But I just, I'm very impressed with the staff, and I, I hope it continues to remain the same. Yeah, yeah. You know, go back to last night. I bet you know we talked. I believe we talked in the preview podcast. If there was a, and I know I put it in the um, Scott and Wake Forest story. There's a. Uh, Weakness in Wake Forest, there was the offensive line, right, on the offense. Yeah, unbelievable skilled talent. But the offensive line, while old and veteran, was not necessarily playing very well this year and got exposed by Louisville. So what did NC State do defensively last night? They dialed up. It's all damn night. They dialed up the pressure incredibly. Um, So that's good coaching. Taking what. Taking what you learned, and we, could we, we didn't we? I believe we did. We talked about it. Could anything, anything be taken away from that Louisville game for NC State? We kind of said, ah, oh, you know, that eight turnovers. I mean, that's not a team that turns the ball over a lot. You know, can't really. Well, yeah, there was. Dial up the pressure. Bring it. Bring the heat. 
They did, and it was one of the best defensive performances Wake Forest went up against this year. And so that's good coaching. And look, game management there. I mean, the game management against Virginia Tech, I know a lot of fans wanted them to, hey, you know, when they took the 22-21 lead and got the ball back with five and a half minutes to go, people wanted them to not get conservative. Well, conservative work, and they ran out the last 5.35 of the clock against Wake Forest. That drive to answer the touchdown was huge, and it was done on the ground. And they 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 they, they dialed up plays that worked. They milked the clock. They put the game away both times, literally once and practically in the other. So um, that's good coaching. So look, interstate has been fortunate a little bit this year too. Yeah, like missed field goal, East Carolina missed extra point, both in one game. <laughs> Very fortunate there. I mean, they weren't fortunate with some of the goal line situations in that game. Obviously, you know, Florida State going to I, I see every Florida State fan a few times a week bemoaning that loss at Entry State, how they should never have lost that game. Probably true. Yeah, Virginia Tech, they blew a lead to Georgia Tech. So, in hindsight, they probably should have been happy that they were up 21-3 to on Entry State. But they're a little bit fortunate and a lot of good coaching this year and it gets you to seven and two you'll be heavily favored to get to eight and two that'll put you up 500 once again in the acc with another chance for a winning record in the acc you're knocking on the door for another nine win season and maybe getting that elusive 10 win season been ranked in every poll this year yeah you have a long streak of ranking that will continue in the college football poll playoff poll um Going on, there could be a, it should be against, you know, barring a catastrophe against Boston College, a second straight undefeated home schedule. And if they don't blow a 10 point lead in the fourth quarter to number 11 Miami in the COVID year, when De'Aaron King was dropping dimes on 50 yard passes into a one yard window in the back of the end zone, they would have three straight undefeated home winning seasons. So, what more? I mean, other than a conference championship, which I get, it's a big thing. There's not a whole lot more you can want from a football program. But the, but we also have to remind ourselves, as NC State fans know all too well, the system of getting to an ACC championship is very much, I mean, I don't want to use the word rigged, but it's this, the cards are stacked up against NC State year in, year out in the current setup. And this is the last year of the current setup. Yep. Yep. And it there been, that this is. There have been multiple years where I've NC State with. And this, I, I, I want to get on my high horse here because that bugged me to no end. I see some, some of these media members I respect unbelievably and I like quite a bit. And they say, oh, not like NC State would be a coastal juggernaut. That's not the point. That has never been the point. The point is, is that NC State, maybe like, I don't know, them and maybe Louisville, I think, will be the only two programs never to play in an ACC championship game. Why? Because they were in the Atlantic when Florida State and Clemson represented it as well as went to playoffs and BCS title games and whatever for like better part of 15 years. And the Coastal stunk. And there have been multiple years in that time where NC State would have represented the Coastal, probably, if they were on that side of the, of the 
coin, but they won. And so your point is entirely taken. I mean, let's see what now get rid of divisions. Let's see. Let's see if there can be an ACC championship game in the future. Well, maybe I'm giving you a column idea, Matt. I think I would have. I I, I would have already been drafting this this column uh, ha, ha, if if I were still a full time member of the Wolfpacker. Uh, you know, as if I were still a staff writer. Um, but you know, think of a world that this season, five years from now, think about where NC State would be right you know, going into these last three games. In, in, in five years, the ACC is going to have its two best records in the ACC championship. NC State would be in play for that second spot in, in the conference with, you know, the only team, the team it would be chasing, UNC, they still have UNC on the schedule. And Syracuse, uh, I think they now dropped to two ACC losses. So, yeah. you know, you'd, you'd need to be relying on, another Syracuse loss, but based on how they looked up at Pittsburgh yesterday, that would still very much be in the equation. Um, they so, got to play Florida State. They still have to play Wake Forest. I mean, that's it. Yeah. So five years from now, you're looking at in, you know, take this, take the results of this season, just take the setup of what it's going to be five years from now. NC State would be very much in the thick of the battle to get into the ACC championship, despite everything that's happened. And, I mean, you could still be talking about this team as a potential college football playoff hopeful because when the te- when the field expands to twelve, you know that that's going to make it possible for the NC states of the world to maybe get to that to to maybe get in hmm. because you know even if NC State had its picture perfect season, made it to the ACC championship game, won it, still hard to imagine that NC State would have. I mean, the NC State would have had to run the table essentially to get into a college football playoff. At twelve and one, NC State was not going to get into the college football playoff, and now kind of takes us to our, you know, good way to maybe wrap up this co- uh, podcast. Clemson now with one loss, don't see them getting into the college football playoff at this point. Not the way they lost with four teams. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean this this season, five years from now. NC State would still have ACC championship on the table, would still you, have college football playoff on the table. And you mentioned like that should be chasing North Carolina. Well, North Carolina wouldn't be getting the greatest setup in the history of you know, football. I think I was talking, I'm not going to mention the name because I don't know if he wants me to mention the name, but he was like, they looked into the analytics and the analytics showed that what would a good team have playing UNC's schedule? An undefeated season. What would an average team have playing UNC's schedule right now? UNC's record. Yeah. And uh, it just, it really is a mind boggling schedule setup that they got. That's not their fault. They can only play the teams in front of them. They have nothing to defend at all. Period. Six wins on the road. That's pretty impressive for them. Even though, if, you know, if I go back and look at some of the performances I see from UNC, because like, I only tell you that because I watched that game against Virginia, and I'm thinking if they played like this against any team in the Atlantic, not named Boston College, they'd lose. Period. Yeah. Bottom line, they would have lost if they played that way, like they played against Virginia. Uh, Virginia team that had not scored it. I don't, they didn't score a touchdown in a four-overtime game against Miami. Had four touchdowns against UNC and was winning at halftime. I mean, so, yeah, uh, so, and they don't get the benefit of that schedule going forward. That was my point. 
now all those coastal teams have to play. We're all in the same boat, right? It's going to be a much more equitable schedule going forward. So you may not even be, like a hypothetical, you may not even be chasing a UNC. Yeah, you know, because maybe maybe you didn't have to play Syracuse. Maybe you had Virginia that week instead. Yeah, exactly. Not playing Syracuse that Dave Dorn noted last night. You could tell he was still bugged about it. Playing Syracuse off a bye and the week before they played Wagner. So, yeah. And entry yeah. state lost their quarterback to while they were on the bye. So that one that one stings. That that Syracuse loss really stings in hindsight because just just the timing of the year. Like you really wish you had if you could have just traded Boston College and Syracuse out, like in the schedule order, of yeah, things, you know, and, and now it all happens for a reason, and you know, you need Jack Chambers was always going to get his opportunity, and you didn't really know you were never going to get to MJ Morris without seeing Jack Chambers, you know. I don't have a problem season, with that, by so. the way. I know a lot of people ask him why would Wednesday Morris not starting. Um, you know how many reps MJ Morris was probably getting on a weekly basis during the month of September? Not many. One or two a week. Third string. I mean, yeah. So. Well, plus we don't we don't know. We, we, I mean, there's no media access to practice, so we don't know what happens in practice. Yeah. MJ Morris could have sucked in practice all year for all we know. He could <laughs> just be a gamer. Yeah. Yeah. Like we we we, and and the same could be true about Jack Chambers. He could have looked great in practice, and then. You know, get out, get out to the game, and just it doesn't click. But um, I, I alluded to it, Matt. This is how I want to finish out this podcast, and I don't mean to put like a stink in the air, but we did mention that Clemson lost, which means that Clemson is probably not going to go to the college football playoff, which means that the New Year's Six Bowl probably off the table. Is there still any chance, I, that, uh, Matt? You're, yeah. you're, you're, what the best case scenario projection for NC State if it. If it wins the rest of these games, what's NC State looking at? A really nice ball game. Let's remember now, Notre Dame in a sweetheart deal of um, one of John Swafford's many great accomplishments at uh, Commissioner of ACC. They get one of those bowl slots now. They get slotted into the ACC's bowl contracts because they're not going to the playoffs. So, That's sar- sarcasm for, uh, yeah. for those that couldn't pick up on it. Yeah, so uh, I don't know how that's going to influence things. You win out, you're going to get a really nice ball game. I, I, I would think Orlando, you know, would possibly be, but they, they may win Notre Dame. I don't know. I mean, no, no ball going to pass up Notre Dame if they can get Notre Dame. So who knows? Maybe they're going back to San Diego. Yeah, find, cool. to play, play the game that they got missed out on. Um, Could be – I mean, Pac-12 has some – Nice squads. I'd love to see NC State play against. It, yeah. You could get you could get UCLA again. How about that? I don't know if UCLA can be invited to the to San Diego for a long time. <laughs> give me whatever the spread would be in that game. Give me NC State. Yeah. Give me just just. But um, okay, yeah, it can be a three point though. Yeah, I mean, I, if there was a catastrophic calamity of uh, teams losing left and right. And all the sudden, NC State just keeps climbing because teams just keep falling by the wayside. I would say this, NC State, I, I would not be shocked if Louisville is top 25 in the very near future. And that I may change because they play Clemson at Clemson Saturday. 
Um, maybe they'll rank. Maybe they'll rank them just to give Clemson another ranked yeah. game. But I think they would get five points for winning at at Clemson and at Carolina. The the most they're going to do is lose to Wake Forest. They'll beat Georgia Tech. Um, so you'll get credit for beating a good UNC team if you would have went out. But uh, that'd be a tall order to get all the way up to one of those automatic highest ranked New Year's, especially with all those SEC teams. LSU, I mean, they got four. Well, after LSU beats Alabama, you know. So. Yeah, now, now you, yeah, now you got four that are, I mean, basically shoe-ins for at least a New Year's six. Yeah, so hard to imagine all that, that being a possibility. So with the, I think really to, you know, like how high on the pecking order can they get in the ACC bowl order. And, uh, you know, where did Notre Dame figure into all that? Why don't you give out a game ball on it? I'm going to take a quick look at some bowl projections while you do that. Okay, you do that. Um, I would, you know, I've, we, we've talked about a lot of guys. MJ Morris, a candidate. Uh, Michael Allen, a candidate on my radar, did not do enough in this game to warrant a game ball, but looked impressive with limited opportunities. Mm-hmm. My game ball is going to go to Mr. Keon Lazane. Mm, good one. Uh, a gentleman that... Uh, Ethan McDowell earlier this season, I think in our football preview, I asked him, who's one guy maybe flying under the radar to look out for this year? Who's going to make a splash? And Ethan was pretty confident with Keon Lassane. And he had a slower start to the season, had some, uh, you know, battled with some injuries this year, right, Matt? With Because uh, Lassane hadn't been in all these games, right? Yeah, he's been healthy. He's been healthy? Yeah. Okay. Well, my mistake because it's hard to notice that he's been in some of these games. But he was hard to miss last night. Three catches for 71 yards. Had that big deep ball, I think, for his first reception to set up what would later become uh, a great catch for for MJ Morris's first touchdown of the night. Um, MJ Morris put it on a string for him and uh, Lassane did a great job of holding on to the football after the Wake Forest defender was waiting to greet him in the end zone. Um, but yeah, Keon Lassane, I mean, really kind of set the tone, I think, with those two catches because from from that point on, the NC State offense was was rolling and was not, uh, you know, was not falling behind like it was earlier in in the game. So uh, Keon Lassane, that's, that's my game ball. A lot of a lot of great candidates on the defensive end, by the way. I think it's like, yeah, don't yeah, mind going to a defensive guy. So, yeah, let me, you you go ahead and list your candidates defensively, but uh, but I got an I'm, idea who you're giving it to. Yeah, I'm giving it to Isaiah Moore. And by the way, the, the ball projection I saw had uh, NC State in Charlotte and uh, Duke's Mayo Bowl. So we'll see. We'll see. I, I think right now North Carolina obviously going to get the top billing for Orlando. Um, understandably, right? Um, so, but if I think that would obviously would flip if uh, NC State beats UNC. But uh, I give it to Isaiah Moore. I thought that was his best game of the season, playing with a heavy heart after his grandmother, uh, grandmother passed away this week. Uh, his single-handedly may have turned the tide of the game with his defense on that goal line stand where he would, he would, he helped on the first tackle for loss. They had the ball at the one-yard line. They lost, I think, three yards on the first play, which he had a hand in on. And then he led the way on another tackle for loss on the second play, which I think lost about four yards. And then on third and goal, he had the sack on Sam Hartman. 
And then the Wake Forest kicker missed the field goal. So Wake Forest gets it to the one-yard line, comes away with zero points, and that's almost entirely possible because of what Isaiah Moore did. He also broke up a pass at one point in the game. So, And I think that was on third down. So I think uh, that was Isaiah Moore playing with a heavy heart to his best game game of the year so he gets my game ball and and i uh condolences 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 i can't pronounce today condolences thank you to uh his family as well by the way uh, well did did not know that uh but uh yeah absolutely condolences to the moore family looked uh ma makes a lot of sense because he looked like a man on a mission last night i i didn't know if maybe he just <laughs> particularly hated wake forest uh, but, uh, wow, he was, uh, <laughs> they may be coming to that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, he was, he was all over the field last night. Um, really did set the tone for the Wolfpack defense, but, um, all right, well, that's going to do it for this podcast. Hopefully more, uh, hopefully more bold projections to come out over the next few days. The, the you know, Duke's Mayo Bowl. I'd like to see something else, but, uh, although it would be, in, it, it would be, it would be interesting to see. You know, Dave Doran getting mayo dumped on him. But I, I, I would need yeah. to see it to believe it. I would need to see it to believe it. The, um, yeah, I thought Shane Beamer copped out last year wearing his hat. When, they, you know, they beat yeah. UNC and he kept his hat on. And I thought that was a cop out. And I didn't, I didn't. That's going to be the interesting part of the Duke's Mayo Bowl going forward, Matt. Because like Shane Beamer, that was great. That was a great win for that South Carolina program. You know, young, newer head coach down in South Carolina. They're trying to build something with that program. Beat a ranked North Carolina team that was heavily favored in that game. What's going to happen when you get kind of the the teams that had a disappointing year, like uh, like North Carolina like, last year? Right. <laughs> I mean, Mac Brown's also the the media darling. So he's going to play ball, but, but what happens when you get a team that, you know, maybe doesn't want to be at the Duke's Mayo ball that much, and maybe has a head coach that, you know, really isn't into all the antics or anything like that. What, what's going to happen when it's time to dump the Mayo? Um, going to be interesting to see how that plays out. I would like to see NC state in a different bowl. I'd like to see him come back to the West coast so I can actually go down to San Diego and see, uh, see the Wolfpack play at Petco, like they were supposed to last year, but uh, I've, I've got a little bias there. But that's going to do it for this podcast. Um, reminders before you tune out, subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to us, Apple, Spotify, Google Play. You can also watch us on YouTube. Please subscribe, rate, and review on uh, on YouTube as well. You actually you give a thumbs up on the videos, but most importantly, subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're trying to get to 2,000 subscribers by the end of the football season, and with your help, we can make it happen. Follow us on social media at the Wolfpacker on Twitter. You can follow me personally at Justin H. Will on Twitter and give us a like on Facebook. NC State Wolfpack on the Wolfpacker.com. Speaking of the Wolfpacker.com, head over there now and take advantage of a special deal for just 10 bucks. You can get premium subscription to the Wolfpacker.com as part of the On3 network for just 10 bucks through the beginning of next college football season. So that's going to take you through August 2023. Like I said earlier on the podcast, Holidays are coming up. It's time to start making your holiday shop list. You got a stocking stuffer list. You got some wolf packers in your in your life that you want to give a great gift for, but you know maybe you don't want to break the bank over. This is a great opportunity. Take advantage of that deal. Ten bucks. Get them some premiums subscription to the wolfpacker.com and uh, and give them the gift of being an informed wolfpack fan. We, 
we know we need more informed Wolfpack fans out there. We, we, we need more of them. Um, and last but not least, head over to RogueShop.com, proud sponsor of the Wolfpacker podcast, RogueShop.com. That's R-O-G-U-E, shop.com for your premium Delta 8 and CBD cannabis goods. They've got flour, they've got oils, they've got cartridges, they've got lotions, they've got edibles, they've got all kinds of great products that can help you with your health and wellness, whether you suffer from stress and anxiety, day-to-day life, uh, you, you struggle to fall asleep at night sometimes, or you deal with pain and chronic inflammation. These products can really help you in a natural way. Uh, husband and wife outfit. The husband is a disabled veteran that was turned on to these natural products and helped him with some of those symptoms so much so that he wanted to start this business to share it with the rest of you. So head over to rogueshop.com. It's rogueshop.com. They've got a great chat feature to help you pick out some of the products that are going to best fit your needs. Um, head over there now. If you support us, they support us. So you can support us by supporting them. Head over to rogueshop.com and buy some great products now. Okay, that's going to do it for this podcast. We'll be back later this week with a Boston College preview. I'm sure that'll be a lengthier upon further review, Matt. And uh, yeah, that's going to do it for us. So for Matt Carter, this is Justin Williams, and this has been the Wolfpacker Podcast.